Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome to the House of Champions. YouTube friends, drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you smash the like and subscribe button as we talk with the legend himself, Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. I mean, Joy, joined by the hardest working and certainly the most electric man on the internet right now. Fabrizio, how are you doing, buddy? All good, all good, my friend. All good. Ready for, for the World Cup and ready for many transfer rumors. So we're entering into a really important moment. Personal question before we get into it. Serie A is complete madness right now. It seems like there's such a buzz around the league. Um, I can only imagine what it's like in Italy with the media and the fans. Like People just must be loving what is happening domestically in Italy right now. Yes, because now uh, Inter, Milan and Juventus are back at very good level after a difficult start. They're doing very well in the last months. They were almost perfect. And so Inter, Milan and Juventus are doing very well. But Napoli are destroying the league. They, they are flying. They are literally flying. And so we're curious to see if Napoli will be able to continue like this. And if they will continue like this, it will be almost impossible for the other teams to, to, to compete for the Serie A. But I think it will be an interesting season. I think it will be an interesting season also in the second part because Napoli will also have the Champions League. They had the tie with Eintracht Frankfurt and so they will be also tempted by the Champions League. They're doing really fantastic. So congrats to them. But I'm sure that Serie A this season will be exciting until May or, or June for the final games. You know, I've never been to Italy, ever. You know, and I've loved oh, Italian soccer since come. the 90s. <laughs> I will come in. It's a dream of mine to come and watch a Serie A game with you. We, we wait for make, you. <laughs> we will make that happen. All right, to everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure you drop a question if you have in the, the comment section for Fabrizio. We'll try to get the best ones out to him as possible. We were going to start on the Mourinho uh, controversy, but instead, yesterday, Cristiano Ronaldo had different ideas. Breaking news yesterday, as you reported, his interview with Piers Morgan, he said some unbelievable comments about Manchester United and the people at the club. Absolutely hammered Ten Hag, hammered Ralph Ranić, and seemed like a very unhappy Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, this is absolutely crazy for Brizio. Thank you for being on top of it. But what's the reaction been like since? Incredible stuff, first of all. I agree with you. And I think it's pretty, it's pretty clear. It's incredible. It's unbelievable because you see a player like Cristiano Ronaldo speaking like this while he's under contract with the club. Usually we see probably this kind of interviews after uh, the, the experience at the club and so maybe when the contract has expired but in this case he's under contract we have the second part of the season and at the moment Cristiano Ronaldo has still no agreement with any other club so of course he will look for a solution in January after this interview is, is pretty clear but the situation is complicated because now also from Manchester United to manage the situation with Cristiano it's not going to be easy. The interview was a, an absolute bomb. I think what he said, as you mentioned, about the manager, I have no respect 
for the manager is something really big, but also what he said about the club, the progress, zero progress, zero evolution in the club uh, is, was really, really strong. So the expectation internally Manchester United is to discuss between them today, tomorrow. So Eric Ten Hag, from what I'm told, is absolutely furious and it's obvious. Also, people into the club are absolutely not happy, disappointed by Cristiano Ronaldo, what he said, how he said things, in which moment now Manchester United, after winning at Fulham, they were prepared to have a good international break, long international World Cup break, but preparing the future with optimism, as Eric Ten Hag said right after the game. And now they have this Cristiano Ronaldo bomb internally to, to manage. So it's not going to be easy, I think, to manage this story in public and also on the market, because we know that, OK, now we have the bomb, the bomb in public, but the Cristiano Ronaldo issue was there since June, since July, since August. Yeah. Then Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo tried to find a solution, but it was not easy to find the right club for Cristiano to satisfy Cristiano ambitions. So was not easy. And now in January market, that is even more complicated because, for example, Bayern already announced they are not going to sign any player. Uh, mm -hmm. Chelsea, let's see what they want to do, but they are going for Kunku, we know. So do they want Cristiano Ronaldo again? Uh, clubs in Italy, we had rumors about Napoli in August, but Napoli, as we mentioned, they are flying and I don't see them touching the squad in January. So it's not easy to find the right club for Cristiano Ronaldo. And final point of the domino, if Cristiano will leave, as we expect, Manchester United need to sign a new striker in January. Absolutely, because they have Rashford, okay, is doing fantastic, but also Anthony Martial with many injuries. They need one more striker, and it's not easy to find a striker at Manchester United level in January. So it's a complicated domino with one of the best players in the, in the history, like Cristiano Ronaldo. What's your personal opinion on this situation? I mean, obviously, you know the game so well. You work around a lot of people who are dealing with Cristiano Ronaldo. You work around people who are dealing with Manchester United. I mean, is he right to do this? Is, is it a wrong thing for him individually? Does it ruin his legacy? I mean, personal your personal opinion, that's what I want to know. I mean, is this just him grabbing the headlines once again before he leaves? I mean, it seems to me like it's a ridiculous idea for him to do something like this and ruin what could have been possibly the greatest legacy at the biggest club in the world. Yes, I understand this point of view, but I also think that he was really, really suffering the last two, three, four months being on the bench, uh, not playing in some key moments. I still remember the Manchester derby for Cristiano was not easy to be there and not playing in a key game and see your, your team destroyed by, by Manchester City. So there were many difficult moments for Cristiano, even during the summer when Manchester United also created some problems when they had some possibility, for example, at one point with Chelsea and they didn't want to discuss with internal clubs in the Premier League. So, you know, he was absolutely not happy with the whole situation and it was not easy for Cristiano to wait and wait and wait to speak because he wanted to say his, his points. He wanted to say the truth. He mentions the truth. And so he doesn't want to, he didn't want to, to wait, but he had to wait because it was not possible to do that during the season. Now, the feeling is that Cristiano did this interview because he knows that it's going to be the last interview as Manchester United player. So the expectation also, those close to Cristiano Ronaldo, is that in January he has to leave, he has to find a solution. And now for Manchester United, it would be almost impossible to keep him. So on a personal point of view, I think it's a pity to see Cristiano Ronaldo saying that, that kind of things about Manchester United. As you mentioned, their legacy has always been fantastic. What Cristiano did when Sir Alex Ferguson was there is something historical and would remain but also this part of the story was really was really disappointing 
I still love Cristiano Ronaldo, Fab. I don't care oh, if he's done this or not. <laughs> this guy's an absolute legend, and I appreciate him. Let's move on to more controversy because I was completely shocked to hear Jose Mourinho's post-game comments a few days ago. Um, a player has betrayed his teammates with bad attitude with the comments coming from Mourinho. Rick Karstop has, uh, has not only been pushed out of the squad now, he's been pushed out of Rome. I mean, please explain the situation a little bit more. This seems to be very Mourinho-like, but unusual to attack one of your players. Yes, unusual, but we know that for Jose Mourinho, as he always mentions, the most important part in football is the approach you have. It's not just about the quality, it's not about not just about your skills, but it's about the approach. And he was not happy with Rick Carson's approach in the game with, uh, with Sassuolo, the game they played on Thursday. He was absolutely not happy with that. Oh, it was on Wednesday. He was absolutely not happy with that because mm, of Carson's approach in the dressing room and when he was on the pitch. So in the final minutes, they conceded a goal by Pinamonti and this was the real problem. Jose Mourinho was absolutely furious. Then there was a complicated situation in the dressing room. So on Wednesday after the game, Jose Mourinho said uh, that those words about uh, about a player, a mysterious player, but not mentioning the name. And then Ray Karstorp was not called up for the game with Torino and he already left the city. Because I'm using the words of a former director of Roma, Walter Sabatini, one of the most important sports directors Roma had in the last few years and he said in Rome is not like in the other cities it's not like in Milano or any other city in Italy you can't uh, go to to the shops for example in the center of the city if you have a big issue with the teammates if you have a big issue with the manager so they were not so happy with Roma making the name public but now everything is public Rick Karsop is the name Rick Karsop is the player and Rick Karsop will leave Roma in January so it's a big controversy Jose Mourinho was absolutely not happy with his approach it was a matter of respect also for the teammates and so this is why they were trying to find a solution for Karsop and I think he will leave Roma in January very interesting to see this type of attack. But also, as you mentioned there, when you put a player in this vulnerable situation, you're also putting a human being in danger in a city like Rome, where you know he is recognized everywhere. His family can't go where they want to go. Yes. Sounds to me like he's left the city. But what about his future? I mean, let, let us know what Rick Karstop is doing right now. He's left Rome. But what's next for him? What clubs could potentially be his next destination? Yes, there are some options because some Italian clubs are looking for a right-back. For example, we had rumors on Juventus because Juventus will go for a full-back in, uh, in January and Karlsdorp, Podrio Zola from Real Madrid, they are names that they are studying, but it's not some kind of, there is not some kind of negotiation yet. So it's just an idea, it's just a possibility. And then some Dutch club because, of course, uh, Ricardo is, is Dutch. They know him very well in, in Eredivisie, so it could be a possibility for him to go back to Eredivisie. Now he's no longer in Rome because, as you mentioned, he was in kind of, of danger. It's not an easy situation. And so they wanted to be to feel protected and this is why they, they left the city they are together with, uh, with the family in, in their own country and then I think in January the player will be, will be transferred to a Divisia club or Serie A club What a strange situation Speaking of strange how about this rumour Fabrizio just let me know exactly what's happening with Marcelo Bielsa to Bournemouth here former Leeds boss obviously Bielsa the rumour has been that he's going to go to Bournemouth I mean what are the chances of it actually happening that Bielsa does end up back in the Premier League at Bournemouth Yes, it's a real possibility. This is true that into, into the board they discussed this possibility with Marcelo Bielsa as a fascinating idea, I would say, a really interesting idea because we know how special is Marcelo Bielsa. It's not about the trophies, but uh, when you have Marcelo Bielsa as a manager, there is something magic into the club as it happened with, with Leeds United and many other uh, opportunities he had around Europe and around the world in the last years. And so 
they are thinking of Marcelo, of Marcelo Bielsa, but also an important point is that we know how slow is the process when Marcelo Bielsa is involved in talks because he wants to make sure about the project, about the ideas. He wants to have the full control of the ideas into the club. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster because this is with Marcelo Bielsa. You have to be together with him. You have to support him in every single idea, in every single signing, in every single kind of project you have for the club. Otherwise, it's going to be a big issue with him. And so they're thinking of him. At the moment, there are some contacts, but it's not something like advanced or at the final stage. It's still early to say if Marcelo Bielsa will really go back to Premier League and join Parma. All right, let's take a quick break. More to come from Fabrizio Mano when we return. Keep those questions coming in. I see a lot of questions about Mudrik. We'll get to that in just a minute. It's your turn next. How's the champions? We'll be right back after the short break. All right, you're watching House of Champions. Just a reminder, there are no breaks in this soccer calendar. Add to celebrate the fact Paramount Plus are offering listeners a 50% annual savings on P Plus subscriptions, UCL, UEL, Serie A, NWSL, and so much more. Click on the link in the description or scan the QR code uh, to use the offer code all year to save 50% on your annual P Plus subscription. See, enjoy with the legendary Fabrizio Romano. Let's get into it. So many questions are coming in. A lot of comments already asking about the future. Do you think Arsenal will go for Mudrik in January? I mean, what's going on with this kid? It seems to me like Mudrik is forcing a move to Arsenal Football Club. Let us know what's happening for Brazil. He would love to go to the Premier League. This is not a secret. He would love to go to the Premier League and he was already dreaming of Premier League football in August when uh, Everton offered 30 millions and they said no. Barmouth have been uh, really interested in him and also Brentford with the director Lee Dykes who is in love with Mudrik since more than one year. So many, many English clubs have been interested in Mudrik. But the real point is the price. The real point is the price because it's true that Arsenal have been interested. We mentioned here many times also in, in August that they wanted him. They had negotiations with his agent, but they never made an official bid in August because Shakhtar wanted 45, 50 million euros. Now I'm told that it's way more than this. So they are not accepting 45 or 50 millions for Modric. From what I understand, it's more than 60, 65 millions for Mikhailo Modric to move in January. So we have to see if Arsenal will decide to invest that money. My sources at Shakhtar Donetsk tell me that at the moment there is still no bid on the table, no official bid. They say we know about the interest. We know they are keen on signing Modric in the future, but at the moment still no official bid. So it's on Arsenal now. But there are also many other clubs interested. The player would be happy to move in January because he wants to try a new experience in a top club. And so let's see what happens. It's still... It's still early, but I'm sure that Arsenal are interested. They are still in direct contact with people close to the player. So Arsenal are there, but it's about spending money and investing money on this player who I consider one of the best talents around Europe. He is really fantastic and with an incredible mentality. It's not just about what we can see on the pitch. The mentality of this boy is something special. He's training hard every single day. He wants to become a top professional and not just a top player. And this is an important point when we speak about young talents. I guess it goes to show you what can happen if you have success in the Champions League. The price tag just continues to go through the roof. Let's turn to Jonathan David. I saw you talking yesterday on the Serie A coverage about Jonathan David. I mean, this guy has had an unbelievable career so far. What could potentially be next for him? I mean, obviously a big World Cup around the corner, but if you look at his statistics for Brizio, he scored 41 goals in 111 Lille games. He scored 37 goals in 83 Ghent games, and he's got 22 goals for 34 Canadian games. The World Cup is going to be a big stage for Jonathan David. Super big stage and big opportunity. Really big opportunity because you mentioned the numbers are very good. I think he's a record goal scorer for, uh, for, for Lille in, in Ligan after Eden Hazard. And so these are really important numbers for this, uh, for this guy. And there are clubs interested in him because in Italy, there are clubs following him since a long time. For example, AC Milan, Inter, they've always been interested in, in Jonathan David. But now Inter are 
so happy with uh, with Lautaro and Lukaku. But for example, AC Milan, they have Olivier Giroud who is doing fantastic, but they have Ibrahimovic, Origi, they are all players in the final part of their career. And Jonathan David is a talented striker, so it could be the best solution for them in 2023. There are English clubs interested because one year ago in January, uh, Arsenal were thinking of him, Tottenham were thinking of him. Then they decided to go for different kind of player for Gabriel Jesus, for Richarlison in the summer. But we know that they were interested in him. So I'm sure that the World Cup is the perfect stage for him to show again how good he is, to score some goals, to convince maybe some clubs around Europe. But as we mentioned many times, um, I think 2023 will be a really important year for strikers on the market Mm -hmm. because there will be many top clubs interested in, in Spain, in Italy, in England. And I think Jonathan Davin will be part of this domino. Yeah, just wonder how much that price tag is going to be for someone like him, Fabrizio, especially 50 if he million, does. I think. Eh? At the moment, it's around 45, 50 millions. Let's see after the workup. Yeah, what happens if he gets Canada with the group stage? It goes yes. up to about 75 million. Uh, great stuff as always. It's Ian Joy with Fabrizio Romano. You're watching House of Champions. Let's get to some of your questions here. Great one coming in from Bragan Klasper. He says, afternoon, guys. Are there any names on Tottenham's radar for January, right? Cheers. Thanks, Brogan. Go ahead, Fabrizio. Yes, let's see what happens with the centre-backs. I think they will look for some opportunity for, for centre-backs. So it depends always on the quality of the player. To give you an example, in August, in the final weeks of August, Tottenham wanted the midfielder. They wanted Malinowski from Atalanta and he remains a player appreciated by Tottenham, but it's also about selling players. Uh, so in that case, it was Brian Hill to Valencia on loan and Malinowski to Tottenham on loan, but Atalanta turned down the proposals on a potential loan move and nothing happened. So let's see what happens with Malinowski as a midfielder if they want to go for that kind of player. For centre-backs, I see links with Bastoni, but Bastoni, from what I'm told, is not leaving Inter in January, also because they are the next stage at the 16th round of the Champions League, and so I don't see them selling Bastoni in January, but I see Tottenham going for a centre-back and potentially for a midfielder. So Antonio Conte wants new players. He feels that they need new players, also because they are doing very well in, in Premier League and also in Champions League. But at the moment, he's still, he's still early, and I'm sure that the director Tottenham fans now uh, know how he works. Fabio Paratici is always working on like five, six players on the same position, and then he decides who is the best option. Seems madness, but that's the way the business yes. works right now. <laughs> Cynthia Cross is asking, Manchester City have the most players of any team going to the World Cup. Will Pep Guardiola try to bring in fresh legs this January? What's your thoughts? I mean, City struggled again at the weekend. Obviously, the World Cup, I'm sure, is in the back of a lot of the yes. players' minds. Do you think they'll strengthen in January, Fabrizio, in any way? No, I think no. I think no. They were thinking of a potential new centre-back in January when it was July, August. So they said, maybe we will keep a slot in January for a centre-back. But then in the final hours of the market, they had this opportunity to sign Manuel Akanji from Borussia Dortmund. And it was a really smart signing because he's doing very well. It was a big opportunity because he was out of contract with Borussia Dortmund in 2023. So they're really happy with the squad they had. They think they don't need any addition in January. They don't want to sell any player in January. They don't want to sign any player in January. And so the mission is to continue with the same with the same squad. Then we know that on the market, sometimes you have opportunities. I always mention Julian Alvarez because one year ago, Julian Alvarez was not in Manchester City plans in September or in October. So they were really happy with the squad they had. But then they had this possibility to negotiate with River Plate on the release clause of Julian Alvarez and to sign the player for the summer. And it was a really smart signing. So they're always very good with the strategy. But as of now, from what I'm told, they don't want to change anything in general. Let's get, we've got three more minutes left of Fabrizio. Ali A is asking, Fab, Liverpool transfer news, please. And Bobby Firmino contract situation. Can you get to it? Yes, there are negotiations with Firmino. Also, Jurgen Klopp during the weekend uh, mentioned this possibility of extending the contract of uh, Roberto Firmino. There are discussions ongoing. 
it's up to the player also. Uh, it's important to understand what Firmino wants to do because he spent many years at Liverpool. He's been a really important player and he's still an important player for, for Liverpool. But I think it's up to him now to decide if he wants to continue there or if he wants to try a new kind of, of experience as Divo Corrigi did uh, with the Milan, for example. So it's also on the player. They are speaking, they are discussing. It's still an open situation. But for Firmino, it still takes some, some time. And for Liverpool, I think January is going to be about the opportunities. But in the summer, it will be really busy with a top midfielder. And we know that they will be in the race for Jude Bellingham. So Liverpool know that in the summer they need to do something important. Last question for Pizza before we get out of here. I saw that Barcelona are going to prioritize a right back. Who are some of the names that they are looking at? Thanks, guys. That one comes in from Roddy. Last question. Yes, it depends if they will find the right name in January or if they will move for right back in the summer. It depends on the opportunities. It depends on the price because we know, guys, that the January transfer window is not so easy to find top players available. So, for example, a player they really love is Diogo Dalot from Manchester United. I still see Manchester United activating the option to extend his contract till 2024. So he's not going to leave as a free agent. But he's a player appreciated by Barcelona. They are following Diogo Dalot. And he's a player for the summer because in January, 100%, he's not leaving my United. So keep an eye on Barca on the right back, not just in January, but possibly in the summer. It depends on the opportunities because also at the moment they have many right backs. So it's also about selling players, especially for Barca, because as Laporta mentioned a few days ago, it's also about the financial fair play. They are not at the next round of the Champions League and it's a big issue for the financial fair play. So they have to be careful in January, but they will be back on the market uh, big in the summer with a right back for sure. So many more questions coming your way, Fabrizio. Thanks to everybody out there who dropped in a question. Apologies, we couldn't get to as many as we can, but we have Fabrizio on with us every single week. So get in the show earlier, get your questions into us, and we'll get the best ones out to Fabrizio as best we possibly can. The uh, the club season so far has taken a break, Fabrizio. We turn our attention to the World Cup now. We can't thank you enough yes. for what you've done already, but do you have a favorite for the World Cup? Who is your favorite? Spain. My favorite is Spain. The underdogs. Yes, yes, yes. It's a bit crazy, but I like their group. I think the squad is probably not the best. There are better clubs like Brazil, France. But I think they have a very good group, a very good energy into the group. They have a soul. And so, let's see. But I like Spain. Do you know, I asked you that question a couple of weeks ago. I just wanted to see if you changed your mind as well. Uh, <laughs> I keep going to Spain. <laughs> Fabrizio, you're the best. Thank you so much, as always, for coming on House of Champions. We appreciate you. Please make sure you go follow Fabrizio across all of his social media platforms. He is number one when it comes to transfer Thank news, you. breaking news, and anything to do with the beautiful game. Make sure you go and follow him. Thank you so much, Fabrizio. Thanks to everybody else out there for listening to House of Champions. Please make sure you take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast, we're also available as videos, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Fabrizio Romano, you are an absolute legend. Enjoy the break Thank from you. club football. The World Cup is absolutely going to be beautiful, and I can only imagine that January transfer window will come around very quickly indeed. Thanks, brother. Ciao. Thank you.